You're listening to Better Than Yesterday, a podcast that will inspire the chase to your best self. My name is Angelo Kelly, and I'm a creator who escaped the traditional nine to five. On the show, you'll hear conversations with elite athletes, mindset coaches, and everyday people who talk about their personal journey to a life of passion. I appreciate you guys being here. Now let's get rolling. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode. I appreciate you being with me this week. My guest is Deanna Saracino, the owner of LeClay. I first came across Deanna probably four or five months ago when a former guest of the show, Haley Mandruga, ordered some custom refocus bands for her nutrition business. As soon as I saw them, I was blown away. I was like, I'm definitely reaching out to Deanna. She got me hooked up with custom better than yesterday refocus band so side note if you guys do want them make sure to reach out to me send me a dm on instagram and i will get you hooked up as soon as i can but i wanted to reach out to deanna kind of pick her brain on business being an entrepreneur just everything surrounding that so she definitely did not disappoint let's shoot it over to the interview now all right this week on the podcast i am joined by deanna saracino the owner and founder of Leclay and refocus bands thank you for joining me this week deanna you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I just ordered my custom refocus bands. I got them a couple weeks ago. I am absolutely thrilled with the way they turned out. Um, I was telling you last week that I had somebody I knew wearing a refocus band, but I didn't know what it was for the longest time. And I always thought it was the coolest thing, but I just never asked. And then someone else I had on the podcast actually posted them. And I was like, all right, I have to get these now. These are awesome. <laughs> That's a, I love I love the design that you came up with too, because uh, that yellow, that bolt yellow is like one of my favorite colors. Um, so yellow is like, uh, I don't know, I just, I feel like it's so energetic and um, I really, really liked what you came up with. Yeah. And it's awesome that uh, you, I give you an idea just out of words and we're communicating entirely over email and you send me back something that just blew me away. Uh, like oh, honestly well, yeah the the creative side is the is the really fun part for me I like bringing people's ideas to life and I think you know as an entrepreneur sometimes it's hard you know for people to kind of focus on the creative side or on the business side sometimes they're better at one or the other um, so I think that collaborative you know workspace when you're working with someone and trying to bring their ideas to life is really important yeah it definitely takes a special person to be able to bring an idea just from a couple words or an idea just into a physical product i think that's such a cool thing that you can do i'm glad you loved it (laughs) so let's just get started with your background you played uh soccer competitively basically your entire life up until now so what uh was that experience like when you were younger um soccer was just i mean something that i loved and i was uh, naturally uh, good at, you know, I guess you could say, you know, gifted. And, um, I loved all sports, but just soccer, you know, uh, was just my thing. And uh, I got really obsessed with it. Uh, I put in a lot of time and energy and effort and growing up in Canada, uh, you know, it was a different time. And I think just for young girls and being able to have the experience of, you know, uh, being able to do something with sport, it was very new. It was very, uh, you know, in the nineties, like, you know, the Mia Hamm era, of just kind of, you know, slowly developing in women's soccer, becoming something. So for me, I think my playing career and how I grew up was at a very, very special time. Um, And now, you know, when I look back on it, uh, it was a pretty incredible journey and it it afforded me a lot of amazing uh, 
opportunities and put me through school, allowed me to travel all over the place. Um, but it really just made me into the person that I am. So I'm very thankful for the sport and what it taught me. And I try to give back uh, through my coaching and, and other things that I do to kind of pass that along to the younger generation. And you played, so you played two years in Canada and then ended up transferring to James Madison. Was that always a dream of yours to play division one soccer or is that kind of something that they just recruited you? How did that work? Um, yeah, I mean, it was always my dream. I think, you know, again, uh, growing up with like the Mia Hamm and Brandy Chastain and watching the 99ers, uh, that whole thing, I just, you know, you don't really understand it. You just kind of go, I want to be that. And so, um, you know, with growing up there, I just always wanted to come to the U.S. That was like my dream from a very, very young age. Um, my, my mom still has some like, you know, uh, worksheets from, from school, from like elementary school of me, you know, writing in there. I want to I live in the United States of America. And like, it was just really weird how I was so fixated on that. Uh, whether it just be the opportunities that were here or whatnot. But um, I spent a couple of years in Canada playing for one of the best uh, schools, University of Ottawa. And then uh, I was kind of recruited. Somebody saw me play in a game and offered me a chance to play semi-pro. And that's what kind of allowed me to come to the U.S. And then I ended up playing professionally here and transferred here to a Division One school. So it was definitely a dream come true. And my whole mindset was that I wanted to play professionally. I wanted to play at the highest level that I could play at uh, for as long as I could. And so, you know, again, it was a different time than it is now. Like now, you know, we have the Women's Professional League and there's so many, you know, more opportunities for, for young players. But at the time, I was doing something that not a lot of people, you know, did. And, you know, I'm very proud of that. Uh, but I wish I was born now because I think now there's just so many more opportunities. My daughter, I think it's very exciting for her because, you know, sky's the limit. That's an awesome story. And I was the same way with baseball where I just wanted to take it as long as I could. And like when you're younger, you kind of, you don't really understand the magnitude, like how, impactful certain scenarios are in your life just lessons that you learn from being on the field I think anybody who grows up with sports it's it never leaves you you're always you always have that competitiveness you always have those lessons that you learn from the field that I think will stick with you forever yeah that's what's incredible uh is I just it made me into uh, the person that I am and when I when I coach young players now like it's it's not necessarily about being the best it's about what you're learning from what you're doing. Uh, you know, whether that be, you know, just waking up every, every day or being the last one to leave the field or, you know, just putting in the work, you know, those are the lessons that, you know, make you a better human. So what was that transition like out of the game when you realized that you can't compete at the highest level anymore? What was your thought process going in? Um, I mean, I think for me, it wasn't uh, actually a choice, unfortunately. When I graduated college, uh, WUSA, which was the Women's uh, United States, uh, you know, uh, soccer association, the first female professional league. Um, it was there. And when I was going to graduate, I was about to go to the combine. And then Umbro pulled out as a sponsor and the league folded. And so for me, there wasn't, you know, the next level. I mean, that was it. I, I played semi-pro. That was the top level of, of uh, soccer in the United States. Uh, you know, go, going overseas wasn't really uh, an option for me. So it was kind of like, it was kind of, you know, the decision was made for me. And so that's kind of when I jumped into coaching. Uh, but I was very content. I feel like I was always worried about getting to that 
day where I just knew I wasn't going to play anymore. And, you know, that always worried me. But I remember, you know, my last uh, collegiate game walking off the field, I just had a, a little bit of a sense of, of just knowing and relief and just kind of being like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. Uh, but it was a, a struggle. It was, you know, about a two or three year process, just kind of trying to figure out who I was. I wasn't, you know, Deanna, the soccer player anymore. You know, what else was I good at? What else was I going to be defined by? Um, so, yeah, I mean, there was a, definitely a transition point, but I was able to, you know, get through that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's brought me to where I am now. I'm sure a lot of athletes face that when, you know, you always have a goal, you always have a game, the next game or the next season, when it's the off season, you're training, you know, the first game of the year, you have this date in mind, and then you kind of wake up and it's like, oh, I don't have anything I really have to train for. Yeah, especially like, you know, with your family and friends, because, you know, you you gave up so much, right? Like, you know, and it's like, you know, you didn't go to the party or you didn't go to the you know, to the, you know, the prom or the school dance or whatever, because you had those other commitments. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh, Deanna's doing that. Or, you know, it's just like, she's busy, she's busy. And then all of a sudden you're, you're defined as Deanna, the soccer player. And then it's just taken away from you. And it's like, well, what are you now? So, you know, it's a little bit of an identity crisis, you know, in, in, in some regard, but I think that you just really have to kind of nurture the other th- things about yourself that you know and eventually you'll get to a better place and kind of know that you there's other things to you right so you kind of evolve which is a pretty cool process so we'll definitely get into Leclay, but what i wanted to ask was were you always entrepreneurial when you uh when you were done soccer you had to you know get a job were you uh did you always have that mindset um I think so. My, both my parents are entrepreneurs uh, my mom is very creative like super creative and my dad is super business oriented so they they've always been in business together and they've been an amazing team so my whole life I've seen that and I you know we lived that uh and they were very successful and at times not as successful and they would rebound and be successful again and so uh, they were just so resilient and that is what I grew up with and so I would say a hundred percent like it was just something I saw from birth and uh I always wanted to be my own boss. I always wanted to, you know, be in control of what I did professionally. So, yeah, I mean, I think that was always kind of the dream. It's just kind of like, how do you get to that point, right? It's like, you know, I don't think in my early 20s, I kind of understood what a leap of faith was or how I could set myself up for that. I think everyone just kind of focuses on, you need to work for somebody. You need to get a job. You need to get experience. Um, So I wish I would have had maybe a few mentors kind of guiding me you know, a different route kind of telling me to do it on my own, but I eventually got there in my thirties. And I think that was, you know, the key there. That's cool that your parents had that. Cause mine are both, my mom worked for herself, but she wasn't, she didn't really market and kind of grow her brand as much as she could have. And my dad always worked for a company. So I just thought, you know, I have to get a job. I have to have a boss all the time. And once I did have that, I was like, oh, I hate this. I right. I hate being told what time I have to take lunch and what time I have to come in every day. That's that's something that I had to figure out on my own. But you kind of, you had that example growing up that there is a different way. And I think yeah, a lot totally. of- I'm sure now a lot of people are seeing that and, and parents are hopping on board. I'm sure you're instilling that a little bit in your daughter that there is another way to operate. You don't have to do the conventional route. 
No, never. I mean, and I, I find it interesting too, because when I finally, you know, took that step where I was like, I'm going to make my own business, I'm going to, you know, just figure it out. I probably learned more within the first two years of uh, figuring out how to have a business and what that involved uh, than I learned in any of my education ever. Like, you know, you it just it's it's incredible what you learn when you're driven and on your own uh and the amount of information that that you know you have to absorb and and you know figure it out you're kind of put into a corner with your back against the wall and you, you just you have to figure it out and i think that that i thrived in that environment so that was pretty cool so was leclay your first business that you started um on my own, yes. Uh, officially, yes. I mean, before that, I was coaching. And I, I guess coaching was always kind of like a business of my own. Um, so, you know, I was I was doing a lot of things like, you know, working with teams and stuff like that. Uh, but not in a serious fashion. This was my first like official LLC, you know, the whole, the whole shebang and learning how to build a website and learning how to do things from top to bottom. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it was kind of in that regard. Uh, I had a, a failure before LeClay that, um, you know, was a business, but it never really got off the ground, uh, which really catapulted LeClay, which is kind of interesting. Um, I think that uh, because of that failure is kind of where, you know, how I ended up where I, where I am. Yeah. And it's all about mindset. Like if you viewed your first thing as I failed, I suck. <laughs> like, that's it. I'm going right. to, I'm going to give up. I think that's, that's the true failure that you're right. If you actually give up. No. And I think, you know, failure is so, it's so interesting. I mean, we could talk about that all day long, but like, you know, failure is, I just, I thrive on that. I like failing. I like failing fast. I like you know, learning what my mistakes are and then correcting them. So like, that's, uh, that's super, super important to me. So I, 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 I love making mistakes. I mean, I, I embrace it. Yeah. And they're unavoidable. Like right. if you, if you start a business or you start something from scratch, you're gonna mess up at some point, it's just inevitable. And I think if you start a lot of people who start something and they become successful, really quickly, they end up quitting because once they do face that first roadblock, it's like, oh, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. Like, I'm going to mess up a little bit and this is tough to deal with. Right. No, totally. So, uh, LeClay, you started, I was reading on the website that you started with, um, you were taking asparagus bands off out of grocery (laughs) stores and uh, writing messages on them. So, you were doing this from a very early age, correct? Uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of started, you know, with some of my, uh, the teams that are on when I was younger. And then when I played semi-pro, uh, we were, you know, I quote unquote, like borrowing them, but really just taking them from the local grocery stores. And then uh, my last year in college, it really became a thing where everyone kind of just wanted one. And so I would, I would have to make many runs to the grocery store and we all had the same message on them. And uh, we thought we were really hardcore and really cool. But it was funny because my my senior year at, at James Madison, the team was like a hodgepodge and we managed to come together. And, and these bands were like a really weird focal point of our season. Uh, and people just kind of got behind it. So everyone was wearing it. Everyone felt a lot closer. You know, the message was the same. Like before every game, people were snapping them and just reading it. Um, so I don't know, that idea kind of just like, you know, stuck with us and 
uh, it was a very memorable part of our, of, you know, my final year. And then years later, when I wanted to kind of take an idea of making a bracelet, this came up and I tried to incorporate what I had done before and make a better product. And that's how Refocus Fans were born. That's awesome. So what was the first step when you decided, you know, I want to make a bracelet? What do you do? Uh, find a manufacturer? Do you draw it up yourself? Do you, uh, how does that work? Well, I think what was uh, interesting was that when I wanted to create a bracelet that had meaning and that you could physically interact with. So the first like prototype that I came up with, it was more of like a beaded bracelet. And, uh, and it wasn't what I wanted. And I created the pro, uh, not what I wanted to do. This is not what my vision was. And I kind of just chucked it. I was like, I'm not going to put something like this out. And then that's when I kept kind of going back to that, you know, uh, elastic band idea. And I was trying to find a material and finally, you know, I, I came across it, I found it and the idea just kind of like, you know, just came out of me. It was just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is all coming together so, so nicely and so easily. Um, and so I, it, you know, it, it, because I really feel like, like it just happened so naturally. And it was like in a day I was able to sort out all of my, my perfectly. And so when I got to that point, I felt really, really good. And I, I was able to find a manufacturer and, uh, you know, get a sample done. Um, and when it came back to me, it was exactly what I wanted. And, um, you know, I kind of just like did the packaging and everything like that. But it's like I said, it's just like once things start clicking in my head and it just starts flowing, uh, it came together really, really quickly. So sometimes that process of getting to that point can be a little bit long. But once it once it clicks and connects, I think that's you know the the that's what you're waiting for that moment of like wow this is all coming together. So what's one thing you would say that's shifted since you first started? Like the the landscape of business, I'm sure over time has now the importance of social media, the importance of having a good website. Like what do you think is the biggest change that you've experienced so far? Um, I mean, there's there's a few. I would say probably you know, I think the way that people shop and the people, the way that people like, you know, uh, want to support local and small business, uh, the people, the way that people are looking for really kind of, uh, uh, special products that like really make them feel good is really interesting to me. I don't think you really saw that, uh, you know what I mean? Five, six, seven years ago, you know, people were shopping for different reasons, but now I think, when people shop, they're very conscious of what they're buying and, and um, meaning behind it and how it's making them feel, how it's empowering them. And so I really love that space of just kind of like, you know, even when I shop now, I feel like I'm looking for specific things and I'm not looking for just like the next hot trend. Uh, I'm really looking for something that, you know, will, will enhance my life. Um, so I think that that's really cool. And I think with e-commerce and all these people like, you know, creating their own business and they're trying to, to create things that are, are special. And I, I, I really appreciate that. I think that, that that's a very unique thing that's happening, uh, you know, for a lot of business right now. So I wanted to ask, you said it came together really fast. Was there a point where you kind of saw that, Hey, this, what I'm doing is, is successful. And there, like, was there a day that you woke up where you're like, this is working, this is going to be my thing. 
Yes. And I think that um, it didn't come for a little bit, like it was probably like six, seven, eight months in, uh, you know, where I was just grinding it out, trying to like figure out what my business was. Um, and I was doing all this work and every day I was kind of just like chipping away. It's like one thing or after another, you know, it was like social media posts, trying to, you know, reach out to someone like, you know, whatever the case it was. And then eventually like, you know, six or seven months in something that I had done like right at the beginning hit, like it was like somebody posted something. I got some traction and that traction, those sales, I was like, Whoa, like, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. Like, look at this. Right. And, um, that was a really good feeling and that just drove me even more. And then seven, eight months in, uh, when you start making, you know, kind of like, I would say like consistent sales and that flow starts happening, you kind of go, Oh, wait a second. Maybe this is, you know, people are responding to what I'm doing. This is working. You know, how can I take this to the next level? And it becomes almost like a game where you want to try to, you know, how, how fast can you scale? How fast can you evolve? Uh, what more can you offer and make this, you know, substantial. And I think about a year and a half into having my company, I was um, really confident with seeing that this could end up being my full-time thing and that this, you know, could end up being like my job, like my real job that could sustain me. And that was really exciting for me, you know, but I really wasn't able to make that leap until about a year and a half, two years in. Uh, and when it came to that point, it was, it was, a, it was kind of like a jarring little scary situation. Cause I was like, Whoa, like I have to stop everything else that I'm doing to be able to go like full, you know, you know, completely 100% into this whole thing and take that leap of faith and say, yes, I'm going to do this full time. Yes. I'm going to commit myself and this is what it's going to look like. So, um, that was kind of cool. Like it's a process. Right. And, uh, but I definitely saw that and I felt that was, that was pretty awesome. I was talking to another entrepreneur yesterday and they said it took about a year and a half to two years as well. And to anyone listening, they think that's a really long time. But when you're, you know, grinding, chipping in, putting in the work, it doesn't feel that long. I don't think I, you have to be doing it. I don't think so either. I mean, I think that, um, everyone I think wants that instant gratification, you know what I mean? But I think that, I think that, you have to be prepared and know that it's going to take time. But when you're in those first, first, you know, couple of years, things, things go very, very fast. It's almost, it's almost too fast. Like I, I almost like don't even remember. It was almost like just like a blink of an eye uh, because so much is going on. You're almost, you're almost going on adrenaline and you're so excited. You know what I mean? And I think that that's very, um, I don't know. I think that that's the, the, the formidable years of, you know, when you're, we're starting a business, like if I could go back, I would just love to kind of like see my notes and, and watch me work. Um, you know, because you, you kind of become so invested and so obsessed with it. Um, so I think it's a really special time. And if you can embrace it and kind of be in the present moment, um, you can get a lot out of it. Yeah. But we all want that, you know, we want the growth right away. We want it. We want that magic thing. That's going to, you know, take us to a hundred thousand Instagram followers or whatever goal you're chasing. Well, it's interesting because that's the one thing I think I noticed with uh, just being in this space and, you know, trying to, trying to make your business successful. You're looking to try to find other people who are successful and, and emulate what you're seeing and mirror it and whatever. And, and, and you, you quickly realize that there's a lot of like, you know, uh, uh, I think you, are you familiar with Noah Kagan? Um, he does, he does, he does app sumo and I love his term of a wantrepreneur. It's like these 
you know, people who want to be entrepreneurs and, you know, they want that instant gratification. Um, and when I heard that, I was like, that's, that's kind of weird. That's so funny. And then really quickly, I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many of these entrepreneurs out there. It's like, I would say like eight out of 10 people are, are, they're not in it for the long haul. They're in it, you know, they want the short gains and they don't know how to do things long term. And so I, I really feel like the people who get it understand that it takes time um, and are willing to uh, be patient. But then there's some people who aren't. And, you know, that's another side of, you know, the coin here when you're in this space is that, um, you know, they're going to people be people like that, too. They're going to they're not going to see the results right away and they're just going to give up. And, you know, that that's what's hard about it is that that might even happen to you, you know, as an entrepreneur and you might just get bored of it and you want to move on to your next idea. Um, I think most entrepreneurs will have hundreds of ideas until something hits. So it's it's you just got to kind of know when to fold your cards, I guess, and know when something's working and know when to walk away from something. Uh, and I've seen, I've that's happened to me firsthand. I've had millions of ideas and I've worked on little projects here and there, but a lot of them didn't work out. And, you know, even the one that I had before LeClay uh, that wasn't in the same space, it was in the soccer space. It just totally failed. Um, but I picked myself up and I, and I tried something different. So it's, it's a process of, you know, trying and failing and trying and failing. And then, you know, when, when, and the space feels good and the environment feels good and the people that you're surrounding with yourself feels good uh, and you feel like you have something special, you kind of just have to trust that process and, and go for as long as you can until, you know, you know that it feels right. So how do you think you walk away? Like, what's the difference between being in it for the long haul and banging your head against the wall that you're not going to, you're not going to succeed? Like, how do you make that decision if you're quitting too early or if you're, if you're, uh, you need to hang in there? Well, I think, I think a big part of um, be, trying to be successful is uh, knowing like your market and being able to test things out. I think sometimes people will kind of put the, you know, uh, I don't know, the chicken before the egg or however you want to say it. It's like they, they create something first and then they're just like, they think everyone's going to want it. And sometimes that could be the kiss of death. So sometimes you have to really like start small. Um, start small and, and then get people's opinions on things and then maybe evolve your idea or make it better. Um, but the, the number one thing is that there has to be a want for whatever it is that you're trying to sell. And if that's not there, then, you know, that could be a problem. That'll be a problem no matter how hard you push it, how much money you invest or whatever it is, who's, who, you know, what influencer is wearing it or trying to sell it. Like if people just don't want it or if it's the wrong price point or if it's just, you know, uh, the wrong timing of, of putting something onto the market, it's just not going to sell. So I think it's a slow process of just kind of testing what you are selling and seeing if people like it, see if there's a demand there and slowly, you know, making it better or getting more inventory or whatever it is. Uh, scarcity is a really, um, you know, important thing in this game is, you know, when you, when you kind of just like have a product and you just mass produce it and then all of a sudden you're stuck with all this inventory, that could be really bad news. So starting starting no matter what even if it's small and building is important and um i think i think if you can do that you'll probably have more success and if it doesn't work out and you do have to pull the plug you can walk away not investing a lot of money and not losing you know the complete shirt off your back and now it's an interesting time like you don't really need too much money to to start something especially like for me, the podcast, I literally bought this microphone and these headphones, yeah. and that's the only investment that I've put into it so far. 
and right. eventually, yeah. you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to get a nicer microphone. Hopefully I'll have a studio, stuff like that. But really, and to me, like I'm trying to get people to understand that you just have to start something. Like if you have that idea, just put it out there. And we live in this world where it's instant feedback. People are going to let you know if it's a good idea or they're going to let you know if it sucks really quickly. A hundred percent. And I think, and I think that that's, you know, what's funny is that uh, there's a lot of people who want to perfect something so like, like that's just, they, they become obsessed with having it be perfect before they launch it. And I think that you're exactly right. You just have to get it out there. Like, even if it's a rough draft, even if it's just an idea, even if it's just a prototype, you know what I mean? Just get it out there and start getting feedback on it. Uh, and eventually once things start hitting and, and, you know, you start seeing a little bit of success, then you can upgrade everything that you do. There's an upgrade to it. So like even your microphone, you get the next best one, you know, uh, months down the road or whatever it is, or, you know, you, you bring in more inventory or you make it better, whatever the case is, but it, the starting is just a must. Um, you know, even telling people, you know, what your idea is and just getting that feedback is, is crucial. But a lot of people are scared of that. They don't, the criticism, they don't want to hear the negative what people think. And, you know, that's not necessarily the best, uh, attitude to have when you're, when you're an entrepreneur. Have you got any criticism on, on your product? Like what's, uh, what's something that somebody told you that was negative? Oh gosh, everything. I mean, when I first started, one of the first products that we had were, were key necklaces. And, um, you know, it was like, I, I think everyone looked at me and was like, are you crazy? Like, what are you doing? Why are you wasting your time? You know, I was like, it's not just, the, you know, that it's not just the necklace. I'm going to be making apparel and I want to make bracelets. I want to, you know, make keychains. I want to make a bunch of cool products that like, you know, just, that are fun and like people will love and it'll make people feel good and make people smile or, or whatnot. And, uh, so, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't know what I wanted LeClay to be. I just knew that I wanted to have a brand that had meaning. And so it wasn't until, you know, um, I launched refocus band that I had to kind of like pivot and kind of like, it really started molding my company. But from the get go, people looked at me like I was nuts. And, uh, it's just, it's that kind of like drove me a little bit, but it also worries you too a little bit because you're just like, am I missing something here? You know, but I'm like, I had a bigger picture in my head and I think it's really difficult sometimes for your friends and family or confidants to, to kind of see that vision. So at the end of the day, the only person that you can really trust is yourself. Um, and you go for as long as you can until like, if you're, if you, if you're not able to sustain or nobody's buying your stuff, I mean, you might need to reevaluate, but, uh, I don't think that you need, you should be get, getting caught up with what people think of you before you, you know, you, uh, you start your process, you know what I mean? And if I would have listened to those people, I, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. So I'm glad I didn't, you know what I mean? And they're probably laughing now being like, oh, okay. Like, you know, I didn't see what she saw, you know, and, and that's, what's kind of interesting about the whole process. That's awesome. I love that. So yeah. The re with the refocus bands, it's a lot of positive energy. Um, we're wearing it, we're flipping it. Uh, I just love the messages. They're all just super positive. So where did that, you know, positive mindset come from in you? Um, I mean, I think I always like, I love kind of, I mean, I love quotes. I love like, uh, listening to people's stories and I love kind of finding those little, you know, gold nuggets of information that people share with me. And it's it kind of like really 
touches a chord with me. And I'm sure, you know, most people, are, people are that way. They, they hear something and it resonates and you just go like, whoa. Uh, but I think from my perspective, uh, the coaches that I had growing up, like, you know, they were my mentors, like, you know, my parents, you know, they guided me. And then when I became a coach, I think there's so much power in saying, you know, words to people that really kind of leave a mark um, that, I don't know, I just, I just, I've always felt that, that energy and that power from, from that, but it has to be the right, right words. So what I always kind of found funny is that like, I don't really do well when I see like really kitschy things like live, laugh, love, and like very generic, you know what I mean? And stuff, it kind of like makes me cringe a bit because it's so cheesy. Um, but if it's said in a different way, uh, and the way that it's said and who's saying it, I think makes the world of difference. So with the messages that I, I wanted to put on the bands, I didn't want it to be like kitschy stuff, right? I wanted it to be almost like you're talking to yourself. The message has to be very direct. It has to, it has to be almost like a coach on your wrist, like where you look at it and it's like, almost like you're like, Oh my God, like you're holding yourself accountable. And so the, the sayings that I kind of came up with, I really wanted it to be very direct. So I don't like putting things on the bands that, that are too, you know, overused or I see them on Instagram. Like every time I scroll, like it's gotta be said a different way. I think, I think that's the power of words is that they can be said a certain way for a really, really long time. But sometimes if you just kind of like, you know, change it up or say it in a different way, people kind of go like, whoa, like, you know, that's, that's, I never thought of it that way. So when, when I get that feeling, when I see something, when I read something um, that kind of stops me or jars my thinking, uh, I kind of feel like it will get to other people too. So I, there's a lot of power in the way that you say something, um, especially to yourself. <laughs> yeah. And we always have that, you know, tough critic mindset in our heads telling us, we're not doing the right thing or we're not doing enough. We're not enough. Is there a, a refocus band that's your favorite? Like what's your favorite message that you've put out there? Oh, there's a few. Uh, but one that I really, really like is, is the trust your gut. I don't know why I just, I love that. Um, because it's just so true. I think a lot of times people, they, I don't know, they just, they second guess themselves or they're not like super confident. And sometimes like, you know, sometimes you just, you just have to be calm. Sometimes like, you know, even, you know, even if you don't feel confident, sometimes you just have to, you have to act it and you have to trust yourself enough to, to know whether you want something or you don't want something. And I think, you know, just for, you know, as you grow up and as you get older, that's a really hard thing to learn, like what you actually like and what, you know, is meaningful to you and not what, you know, your partner or your friend thinks is cool or what they want. It's like actually what you want. And so trusting your gut is, I think, something that I'll continue to, you know, work on personally. Uh, I feel like I have a pretty good gut, but like, I think it's just a, a really cool message because at the end of the day, it just comes down to like what you want and you have to know what you want in order to, to get what you want. So that's awesome. I love that. So I've been trying to come up with the final question. So you're the first person I'm asking this to, but what's one message, one, you know, sentence that you can give to somebody who's listening to become better than they were yesterday? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, it's probably as simple as keep going. I mean, you just can't stop. I mean, work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again. And again and again and that's the secret 
and I know it's not an easy secret, but it's, it's, that's the secret to being the best that you can be is just showing up and, uh, you know, keep, keep going with whatever it is that you want to do. That's perfect. Well, where can we find you, Deanna? Um, you can find me online. So shop LeClay, uh, is our handle on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Um, and at obviously www.shoplaclay.com is our website. Um, and yeah, you can just shop with us there and, you know, anytime anyone needs anything, I'm always available, you know, via email. So, um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks. And that's a wrap for this week's episode. Again, thank you to Deanna for coming on the show. I really appreciated that conversation with her. She gave some excellent insight for any young entrepreneurs or anyone trying to make their own path. If you want to show her some love, head to her website, shoplaclay.com. That's S-H-O-P-L-A-C-L-E.com. Same thing on Instagram, at shoplaclay. Get some refocus bands. You will absolutely love them. Your first one's free if you've never ordered from there before. That's how I got my first one for free, and then I got the custom ones as well. So if you do want a custom one that says better than yesterday, I guarantee you it will put you in a better mood. You wear it, flip it, and get refocused. So again, shoplaclay.com. If you want a custom one, DM me on Instagram at better than yesterday pod. I will get you hooked up. If you guys could this week, make sure to give a five-star rating on iTunes and leave a review. Both those things would be so helpful. You don't understand how helpful those things would be. So review, rate it, five stars. That would be absolutely awesome. Get your custom refocus band from me. Uh, DM on Instagram at better than yesterday pod. And then follow Deanna at shop LeClay. Head to our website, get some refocus bands. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I will talk to you next week.